section nine of the pearl fountain and other fairy tales this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the pearl fountain and other fairy tales by bridget and julia cavanagh fairy and brownie there was once upon a time a poor old woman who lived in a little cottage on the borders of a forest with her two orphan grandchildren they were twin sisters and so much alike that their grandmother only knew them by the colour of their hair for one was fair and the other was dark and the fair one was called fairy and the dark one brownie the old woman went out one day to gather sticks in the forest and left the two children alone in the house it was a saturday and fairy who was looking out of the window to see the people who went up and down the road on the way to and from market also began to sing ding dong dell sang fairy and brownie answered within pussy cats in the well who put him in sang fairy little johnny trim answered brownie who took him out fairy sang again and again brownie answered little johnny trout the two sisters were beginning again with ding dong dell when a little old gentleman turned round the corner of the house and looked up at fairy he wore a cocked hat and a red coat silk stockings and shoes with silver buckles to them for all this happened a long time ago when people were still dressed after that fashion my dear said the old gentleman winking at fairy how well you do sing will you let me in to listen to your ding-dong dell the door is on the latch sir replied fairy and you can come in if you like oh very well says he briskly and in he walked at once fairy who was never afraid of anything or of any one came and looked at him but brownie who was shy ran and hid behind the door the old gentleman took a chair sat down and made himself comfortable presently he took off his cocked hat and said to fairy my dear your ding-dong dell is the prettiest and the cleverest song i ever heard do sing it to me please in my right ear dear yes answered fairy but brownie must sing pussy cats in the well by all means said he brownie shall sing in my left ear fairy began at once with ding-dong dell which she sang in the old gentleman's right ear and brownie sang pussy cats in the well in his left ear and they both sang till the song was ended when they began it again for as the old gentleman said one can never have too much of a good thing indeed so nicely did they sing and so pleased was he that he shut his eyes and purred like a cat they had just begun another ding-dong dell when the door opened and their grandmother came in with her bundle of sticks there dears that will do thank you said the old gentleman getting up and walking out something fell on the floor with a chink as he got up and fairy ran after him saying you have dropped something sir keep it my dear answered the old gentleman without looking round he walked on very fast got behind some tall ferns and vanished 
when fairy went back to the cottage and told her grandmother all that had happened she found that it was a bright new shilling which the old gentleman had dropped on the floor people could live for a week on a shilling in those times and as the old grandmother was very poor she thought what a blessing it was that this gentleman in the cocked hat should have come in and got fairy and brownie to sing him ding dong dell on the following saturday the grandmother went out again to the forest to gather sticks and the two little sisters remained at home fairy was at the window looking up and down the road when she saw the old gentleman in the red coat and cocked hat coming towards the house well my dear said he nodding to her will you let me in to-day oh yes sir answered fairy and we will sing you four-and-twenty blackbirds baked in a pie if you like it thank you dear said he walking in but i think ding-dong dell the finest song that ever was made and we will have that first if you please he sat down took off his cocked hat made fairy sing in his right ear and brownie in his left and when the song was ended and they wanted to have the four-and-twenty blackbirds baked in a pie he begged for ding-dong dell over again for as he said the more he heard that noble song the better he liked it they were beginning it for the seventh time when the door opened and their grandmother came in with a bundle of sticks in her arm the old gentleman then started up in a mighty hurry and dropped another shilling as he walked out of the house brownie picked it up and ran after him but he did not even look round at her keep it keep it said he and he was gone and behind the ferns in no time well this shilling lasted another week and when saturday came round the grandmother went again to the forest to gather sticks and the old gentleman came and had ding-dong dell sung to him by the two little sisters and everything happened exactly as it had happened before with this difference that it was the grandmother who ran after him with the shilling and that being rather lame she was only just in time to see his cocked hat disappear behind the ferns she went on thinking she would surely find him but when she too got behind the ferns all she saw was a molehill now who can this little gentleman in the red coat be and where does he come from and where does he go to thought the grandmother i shall stay within next saturday and watch him instead of going out to gather sticks as usual the old woman remained at home on the next saturday but though both fairy and brownie had their heads out of the window and sang ding-dong dell and looked up and down the road for the old gentleman he never came near the cottage the grandmother got tired of waiting for him and went out towards dusk she was scarcely gone when in he walked looking in a great hurry come my dears said he to the children make haste and sing for i am ever so late fairy and brownie who were very good-natured began singing at once but at the end of five minutes he started up and said that would do for to-day and he had dropped the shilling and was gone in a moment matters went on so for a long time the grandmother seeing it was no use to stay at home and watch the old gentleman went out every saturday 
he came quite regularly to hear ding-dong dell sung and dropped a shilling as a matter of course and walked away and vanished behind the ferns just as he had done the first time one saturday as the old grandmother was coming in and the old gentleman was going out he said to fairy and brownie well dears i shall come and hear ding-dong dell sung for the last time next saturday and so what shall i bring you before the grandmother had time to put in a word both fairy and brownie had answered oh please will you bring us a bird very well said he you shall have don't forget me and off he was and behind the ferns in no time the grandmother was very angry that fairy and brownie had asked for nothing better than a bird you foolish children she said what shall we do with a bird feed it when we cannot feed ourselves and then how shall we get on without the old gentleman's shilling since he means to come no more if you had sung something else to him besides that stupid ding-dong dell he would never have left off coming i am sure she scolded them both till fairy and brownie began to cry and declared that they had sung ding-dong dell because the old gentleman would hear nothing else and he shut his eyes and purred all the time they sang it and they were sure they were not to blame well said the grandmother what is done is done but what you have to do is this when that little red coat goes away next saturday follow him as fast as you can and see where he goes to when he gets behind the ferns if you can find out where he lives he may take you to sing to him again fairy and brownie both promised to do this the old gentleman came on the saturday and they sang to him and as he was going away he took a little silver cage with a green bird in it out of his pocket and said good-bye my dears here is don't forget me and he was gone in no time fairy and brownie followed him out and as he never looked round they were almost as soon behind the ferns as he was they saw him walking very fast to a broad and handsome gate which stood wide open showing them a beautiful garden full of roses and beyond it a splendid palace all glittering in the sun i suppose he lives here said fairy to brownie and they followed him in no sooner had they passed the gate than the old gentleman looked round and nodded to them oh fairy and brownie said he here you are come to see me i thought you would well my dears your room is ready and luncheon is waiting he took them at once to the palace then up to a pretty room with two little beds in it and on each bed there was a pretty little frock ready the blue one was for fairy and brownie had the pink one after that they went to another room where a table was set out with cakes sweets and all sorts of good things the old gentleman bade the little sisters take what they liked and eat as much as they pleased when they had done he made them sing to him and after that he took them to a room full of playthings where he left them now this old gentleman was prime minister to the king of the fairies and his name was snip the beautiful palace he had taken fairy and brownie to was the palace of the king and queen and it was in fairyland there was nothing snip liked so well as hearing little children sing and he went out in the world every saturday for that purpose till the king who wanted him for state business would not let him out any more 
you may think therefore how glad snip was to keep fairy and brownie when they followed him he was very kind to them and gave them the best of everything they had all sorts of dainty things to eat and the most beautiful clothes to wear and the handsomest of playthings to play with and all they had to do was to sing ding-dong dell to him every day sometimes they got tired of this and cried and asked to go home to granny but snip gave them a cake or a doll or a new frock and they were comforted no one in the palace knew anything about all this but the king and queen of the fairies soon perceived that the prime minister who dined at the royal table was always in a great hurry to go to his own apartment immediately after luncheon snip once said the king what are you going away for in such haste may it please your majesty answered snip looking mysterious i know that your majesty's enemies are plotting against you so i go and counterplot in my room the king nodded and said quite right and that was all the king had a little fairy page called pop who was always making mischief as he once passed by the door of snip he heard him talking to fairy and brownie pop was too short to look through the keyhole and see who was within but he ran and told the king that the prime minister had strangers with him snip is a traitor said the king to the queen i must see about it the king went at once to the door of snip's room and wishing to take the prime minister in the act whatever he might be doing he first peeped through the keyhole what should he see but snip seated in an armchair with his eyes shut and his hands folded a little fair girl standing on one side of him and a little dark girl on the other now my dears you may begin said snip ding dong dell sang fairy in his right ear pussy-cats in the well sang brownie in his left ear and so on till the song was ended and all the time snip kept his eyes shut and purred like a cat they were going to begin over again when the king touched the lock with the fairy ring on his forefinger at once the door flew wide open snip started up in a fright and fairy and brownie went and hid behind his big chair well sir said the king of the fairies looking very sternly at snip and speaking in a very deep voice is that your counter-plotting having ding-dong dell sung to you by two mortals don't you know that i have forbidden all such intercourse with human beings since we had so much trouble with redcap may it please your majesty replied snip who was himself again i do it to clear my ideas and for the good of your kingdom your majesty knows that we fairies get cobweb on the brain now to hear a song sung by human beings who as every one knows never have cobwebs of any kind is the finest thing in the world for that complaint your majesty cannot imagine how clear one's ideas begin to get when one hears ding-dong dell but when it comes to johnny trout one feels as bright as bright can be indeed said the king i must try that give me the chair and you little things come and sing to me directly it took some coaxing to make fairy and brownie sing to the king of the fairies but at length they did so and he liked it amazingly i declare my ideas are getting clearer and clearer said the king i must hear that wonderful song every day ding-dong dell beautiful beautiful and pussy-cats in the well said snip 
oh that is fine said the king and johnny trout said snip oh that beats all said the king but snip we will keep this to ourselves we will not tell the queen about it when he had heard ding dong dell sung for ever so long the king of the fairies went and told the queen that pop was a little impostor and that snip was a great statesman well but what about your enemies and the plotting and counterplotting said the queen my dear answered the king these are state matters with which ladies have nothing to do the queen was very much affronted at this and would not look at either snip or the king for ever so long after a time however she thought she would like to know what it was that kept them closeted together every day and so one afternoon she went to snip's door and listened to what was going on within the king was scolding snip and talking so loud that the queen could hear every word i tell you sir he was saying it is my turn to hear ding dong dell how dare you keep your sovereign waiting you rebel but snip answered quite coolly may it please your majesty i brought fairy and brownie here and though i may lend them to you they are mine for all that no we are not cried fairy and brownie we are grannies and we want to go away and we will not sing any more for you you bad ugly little men here was a fine thing two puny human beings calling the king of the fairies and his prime minister bad ugly little men snip you are a traitor cried the king in a rage you set these little creatures against me come here and sing to me directly he said to fairy and you come and sing to me said snip to brownie when the queen heard about singing she looked through the keyhole she saw the king sitting in a chair fairy singing to him and he purring like a cat with his eyes shut and snip sitting in another chair with brownie singing to him and he was purring louder than the king when the queen had looked long enough she went away presently she met the king and his minister who had made it up and were going out riding together she asked what they had been doing in snip's room my dear answered the king i have already told you that these are state matters not fit for ladies oh very well said the queen but as soon as they were gone she went up to snip's room and touched the lock with the fairy ring on her forefinger the door flew open and the queen found fairy and brownie crying together in a corner of the room they stopped when the queen of the fairies came in for never before had they seen so beautiful a lady and one so finely dressed too all in gold and silver with a crown of diamonds on her head who are you asked the queen who brought you here and what are you crying for i am fairy and this is brownie answered fairy and we came here after an ugly little black man because granny bade us and the ugly little black man makes us sing to him and we want to go home to granny very well said the queen but as you did not come here from naughtiness but because you were bid you must see my garden first she took fairy by one hand and brownie by the other and went down to the garden with them she then bade them bring her all the cobwebs they could find they did so and when she had cobwebs enough the queen took a needle out of a little housewife in her pocket and bidding the sisters mind what she was doing she began to work the cobwebs till they became the finest and most beautiful lace that had ever been seen now take a cobweb and do as i did said the queen giving each a housewife like her own fairy and brownie did as the queen told them and each worked her cobweb till it was almost as beautiful as the queen's 
now put up your housewife and let us look at my garden said the queen they went over the garden which was a most beautiful place and full of the loveliest roses and rarest flowers fairy asked if brownie and she might not take some the queen at first said no that she never allowed any one to pick the flowers of her garden then she changed her mind and told them that as they had been good children she would let them take a few fairy gathered some white roses and made a wreath of them which she put on her head and brownie picked some crimson berries that grew on a tree and threaded them into a necklace which she fastened round her neck this was scarcely done when fairy saw the gate through which they had come in standing wide open oh please said fairy to the queen may i just run out to granny i see her there beyond gathering sticks in the forest i have a hundred gardens and you have seen only one answered the queen which will you see first your granny or my other ninety-nine gardens fairy and brownie both said they would rather see granny first upon which the queen told them to go they ran out at once in the forest ever so glad to see their grandmother again but also wishing much to see the other ninety-nine gardens of the queen of the fairies we shall be back directly said fairy turning round but she stared quite amazed for lo the gate was gone and there was not a glimpse of the garden and its roses the glittering palace had vanished and they were alone in the forest with the tall ferns around them and not a sign of their grandmother far or near the two little sisters were so frightened that brownie could not help crying but fairy took her hand and said she knew the way home and that if granny was out they could sit at the door and wait till she came back they went round the ferns and followed the high road they met several people who all stared at fairy's wreath of roses and at brownie's necklace of berries till the children were ashamed and hid them in the pockets of their little pinafores for all the fine things which snip had given them were gone and they wore the shabby clothes which they had on when they followed him they came at last to the spot where their grandmother's cottage should have been but in its stead they saw a big square house with four-and-twenty windows on every side and four-and-twenty weathercocks on the roof please whose house is that asked fairy of a woman who was passing by why you silly child answered the woman where do you come from that you do not know this is the house which the queen had built for don't forget me the children were glad to hear about don't forget me for they thought that perhaps their grandmother lived there now they went and sat on the doorsteps and waited thinking she might come out to them but she did not and in her stead out walked a big servant-man in livery who asked them roughly what they were doing there we are tired and we are resting said a little voice and fairy looking up saw don't forget me in his silver cage hanging out of a window then don't rest long said the big servant-man as he went back into the house presently a lady's maid came out and calling the children little lazy things bade them be gone we are not lazy for we can make lace out of cobwebs said the little voice again go and say so to your lady the princess and show her this fairy seeing what don't forget me meant took out of her pocket the lace which she had worked in the garden of the queen of the fairies and gave it to the lady's maid who went in with it to her mistress the princess now this princess was so fond of lace that she spent almost all her money upon it though she could never find any to her liking 
but nothing could be finer than this lace made of cobweb and it was so beautiful as well that the princess declared she had never seen anything to equal it bring those wonderful little girls at once said she to the maid children said she when they stood before her did you really make this lace out of cobwebs get us some cobwebs from the garden and you will see said a little voice fairy and brownie looked up and there was don't forget me in his silver cage hanging close to them the princess sent to the garden for some cobwebs she chose the finest and gave them to fairy and brownie who each taking out her housewife at once made the most beautiful lace that could be seen and who taught you how to make lace out of cobweb and who are you asked the princess more amazed than ever a lady who lives far away taught us answered don't forget me in his cage and we are orphans will you stay with me and work lace for me asked the princess oh yes we will answered don't forget me if you will use us kindly the princess who never seemed to know it was don't forget me who was talking and not fairy and brownie promised to be very kind to them but she did not keep her word for the first thing she did was to have them taken to a room at the top of the house and locked up there lest they should escape and make lace out of cobwebs for some one else when fairy and brownie saw that they could not get out any more they were in great trouble don't fret said a little voice i shall keep you company they looked up and saw don't forget me in his silver cage oh don't forget me said fairy when will granny come to see us my dear answered don't forget me guess how long you have been away seven days said fairy for we left on the saturday morning and this is friday my dear replied don't forget me you have been gone seven years and your grandmother is dead fairy and brownie cried bitterly on hearing this but don't forget me did his best to comfort them he promised to stay with them and to advise them and he also told them all that had happened whilst they were in fairyland when the grandmother saw that fairy and brownie did not come back from the forest she went to look for them behind the ferns but neither there nor anywhere else did she find them she came back alone to the cottage and sitting down she began to cry don't cry granny said a little voice why who are you asked the grandmother looking around her and seeing no one i am don't forget me answered the little voice and my silver cage is just behind you i belong to fairy and brownie and you must not fret granny for they are well and happy and are busy singing ding-dong dell to the old gentleman this very minute but they cannot come back for seven years and what shall i do all that time asked the poor old woman don't be afraid granny answered don't forget me but take me to-morrow to the queen granny did as she was bid she took don't forget me in his silver cage to the palace and asked to show him to the queen before her majesty could say a word the young prince who was very rude burst out laughing and said you silly old woman what does the queen want with your bird what can he do for her i can tell the queen that you broke her fan yesterday said don't forget me the young prince was quite frightened when he heard this little bird telling what he had done but the queen was both surprised and delighted you wonderful bird said she you must come and live in my palace and talk to me every day but don't forget me said he could not do that on any account however if the queen would build him a house to his liking with a few other things he should tell her of he should not mind staying in it and letting her come and talk to him every morning 
the queen agreed to everything for with such a bird as don't forget me to advise her she knew she could do without her ministers who were rather troublesome about that time the first thing don't forget me asked for was that the queen should build him a house with twenty-four windows on every side and twenty-four weathercocks on the roof and that this house should be on the spot where the old grandmother's cottage stood the next thing don't forget me asked for was a large garden with trees and flowers and last of all that his granny should take care of him and have a set of servants under her to keep everything nice and in order all this the queen did very willingly and every morning she went and had a long conversation with don't forget me who told her all she was to do and who made quite a great queen of her when don't forget me had been a year in his new house poor old granny died and he told the queen she must find him a princess to take care of him the queen had some trouble in getting him a princess to his liking but she did find one at last that suited him and matters went on very comfortably till the queen died too and the young prince reigned in her stead the new king would have nothing to say to don't forget me whom he hated but at the same time he feared him too much to do anything against him so don't forget me lived in his house with the princess till fairy and brownie came back from fairyland the princess was very much surprised to find that instead of staying in the drawing-room with her don't forget me would now be in the room at the top of the house with the two little girls he told her that he wanted to see them making lace out of cobwebs and as after all he was the master of the house there was no gainsaying him he was so kind to fairy and brownie that they did not mind being locked up for don't forget me told them the most beautiful fairy tales and he taught them ever so many things as well and the two sisters were as happy as the day was long till they grew up to be beautiful young women all these years they spent in making lace out of cobwebs till there was scarcely a cobweb to be found in field or garden and spiders had to be reared like silkworms their lace was the finest and the rarest to be seen and the princess was as proud as could be of the handsome things she had but she had nothing so handsome as the robe and veil which each of the sisters made for her own wedding day by the advice of don't forget me but don't forget me once said fairy who will ever come up here to marry us some one will come by and by answered don't forget me do as i bid you the princess had two sons who had gone off travelling to see the world the very day before that on which fairy and brownie left fairyland these two young princes had many strange adventures and saw many wonderful things but they had never seen anything more wonderful than don't forget me and when they came back the first thing they asked of their mother was where is don't forget me he is busy answered the princess you cannot see him to-day besides he does not like company any longer the princes were sorry to hear this for don't forget me had been very kind to them formerly and he had told them all about fairy and brownie and how they were to come back from fairyland when their seven years were out i shall marry fairy had said the elder one of the two princes i like her best and i shall marry brownie said his brother i like her best very well said don't forget me but you must go and travel first and by the time you are home again fairy and brownie will be here the young princes did as don't forget me bade them and when they came back and were told they could not see him the next question they put was have not fairy and brownie left fairyland yet but their mother did not even know what they meant for she had never heard of fairy and brownie the princes had been home three days and they were wondering to each other in what part of the house don't forget me was to be found when as they 
were walking in the garden they heard him talking to fairy and brownie who had left the window of their room open oh don't forget me where are you cried the princes from below come up to the top of the house he answered in his little clear voice which could be heard ever so far and open the first door you see and you will find me there the princes did as don't forget me told them they went up to the top of the house and opened the first door they saw for though the princess had locked the door she had forgotten to take the key when the princes entered the room they looked for don't forget me but instead of him they saw two beautiful girls one fair and one dark who were making lace out of cobwebs at first they were both so much amazed that they could not say one word but at length the elder one of the two princes looking at fairies said who are you and where do you come from i am fairy she answered that is my sister brownie and we come from fairyland then if you are fairy said the prince don't forget me has surely told you that you are to marry me and that brownie is to marry my brother there yes said don't forget me in his cage i have told them all that and their wedding dresses are ready but you must go and ask the princess for her consent the princes lost no time in going to their mother and telling her that they had found fairy and brownie and wished to marry them very well said the princess but if you do marry them i must have don't forget me when the princes went back and told fairy and brownie this the two sisters cried out that they liked the princes very much but that they could never part with don't forget me who had been so good to them all these years do as i bid you said don't forget me who had been listening to all this and tell the princes that you will not give me up till you are married and that then you must open my cage take me out and stroke me three times and kiss me twice before you put me on her hand fairy and brownie who knew how wise don't forget me was did as he bade them and the princess was so glad to get this wonderful bird that she made her sons marry the two sisters the very next morning fairy and brownie put on their beautiful lace robes and veils and fairy's wreath of roses which he had kept all these years turned out to be diamonds and brownie's necklace of berries to be rubies and the two brides looked so beautiful and so good that every one said how happy the princess ought to be to have got such wives for her sons the princess said she was very glad but to say the truth it was because she was to get don't forget me that she was so pleased she asked for him as soon as the wedding was over the cage was brought down to the drawing-room and when the princess had ordered all the doors and windows to be shut fairy and brownie opened the cage and took out don't forget me each stroked him three times and kissed him twice then both put him on the princess's hand now i have you said she but even as she spoke all the doors and windows flew wide open good-bye said don't forget me and off and away he flew to fairyland where he has remained ever since and all that the princess had of him was his silver cage she was in great trouble at first but fairy and brownie comforted her and were very good and kind and they were all very happy together till they died End of section nine.